the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, the great Mick Jagger on a Friday night live and local 603 here in Brooklyn, New York tonight. Uh, and yep, I was uh, Mick Jagger was my inspiration last night. Sam Bellino, how did I do uh, channeling my inner uh, Mick Jagger? I was very thoroughly impressed. I-, I thought you did a wonderful job. And as always, you seem to have a lot of fun on that stage, you turn into a different man. That's for sure. <laughs> the uh, one of my one of my poly prep classmates, uh, Michael Boxer, sent me a text. I must have gotten. I don't know if I'm exaggerating if I say a hundred texts. Uh, Michael, and we're going to talk about the news of the day in a second. But I have to say hello to Matt and Joan, otherwise I get in trouble with Foley. Um, my buddy Michael Box sent me a text. He goes, "I don't know if anyone is as comfortable with a microphone in their hand as you are." <laughs> um, Joni, how did I do channeling my uh, my inner Mick Jagger last so night? So you were literally jumping like Jagger. And by the way. <laughs> I have to get that in. He played my whole song last night, too. You were literally jumping like crazy. You looked like you were Jagger. And actually, Jagger was jumping like crazy at the American Ballet Theater's June Gala after party, too. So it's sort of like you guys were like, Close by. I know, yeah. Jagger's in, Jagger's in town, man. That I should have so invited him. I should have gotten Brett Well, Ratner. I tried to invite him. <laughs> oh, I didn't what, get a reply. Okay. Not through Brett Ratner, but through his people somehow. But Brett Ratner should have gotten him there for us. Absolutely. I so had the Rolling Stones t-shirt on for you. Yes, I know you did. And Sam Bellino did play your full song. Sam Bellino was yes. the DJ. It was great. <laughs> we have a very special guest today. Um, and I, I'm not exaggerating in, in the world of radio uh, to get this guest is a big deal to get him to commit to like a whole segment uh, is a big deal because he has rather odd hours and a lot of commitments and obligations. Um, so and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but he's a great, great radio guest. You know, there's some people who are a little more of a visual person and don't don't know how to handle the medium of radio. But this guest is spectacular. Um, two stories I want to tackle before we get to that guest, and I'm very excited. I actually uh, uh, wrote some questions out um, because it is Friday, and this is the type of guest that you could really ask anything to, especially on a Friday, uh, and uh, he's willing to answer <laughs> yes, those questions is. for you. <laughs> so I thank you, Joan, for, for setting this up because it, it's a big get, and I'm very excited. Here on a Friday evening, it's five minutes after six. Um, the rain held out today. I've been out and 
out and about uh, since about 9.40 this morning. I actually got Luca off to school at 7 um, and then out and about since 9.40. Um, how? How did after, you get up to that? You must have not gotten much sleep. How that do you was have after a voice right now? A 4.15 a.m. arrival at Hot Home last night. 4.15 a.m. according oh to my. the Ring doorbell. Yeah, I actually got to see what it looks like when my sprinkler system is on, <laughs> watering oh the lawn my. and all the plants here. Well, like, I thought your oh. parents were going to stay out the whole night with you, actually. Your yeah, mother, they, those pictures of, of Chicky on the dance floor, I'm telling you. It was it was great. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll do a little reminiscing in a second. I just want to um, talk about two stories that are out there. Um, Carton, um, Craig Carton, who was the morning man alongside. Yeah, come on, Sam Molino. I'm, um, not, I'm not a sports guy, so you're asking me. The, cor- the, the quarterback for the, Boomer, the Boomer. Boomer Esiason. Thank Hello. you. Hello. The non-sports person answers the question. Thank Again, you. I, sorry. I, I, have, I don't listen Boomer. to sports talk at all. Okay. Well, they, well they, had a, they had a really great radio show. And then one morning, um, Carton gets arrested uh, for gambling. Um, I think he went to trial and lost. And he got sentenced. And he did jail time. And... Um, you know, he he went through a horrible time. I mean, you can pick up his book and read it, and and you know, he was severely he spent addicted. Spent a year in prison. More than that, I think. It says, in, uh, according to the news, he spent a year in prison and returned to the airwaves, and then they heard a joke about he, him he, being arrested. He may have, he may have, um, he may have gotten out because of COVID or something like that. There's, oh, he definitely right. didn't get sentenced to a year in prison. He got sentenced to more than a year in prison. Right. Um, so anyway, so yes, he is a convicted felon, but there's this whole article today, um, how uh, a guy named Dan Labatard, Le, Le, who I don't know, but apparently he's like another, he's one of the other guys that Sam Bellino wouldn't know. He's another sports media guy. And he's all upset that Carton, Craig Carton just got a show on FS1, Fox Sports 1, a television show. Robin Carton went back to the radio and um, had the he's got the afternoon drive show and um, which now I believe Tiki Barber's taking over, which he's a friend. And um, so good for you. Congratulations, Tiki. Um, but this guy's all upset that that Carton has got a TV show and he's um, he's making a seven figure salary for one reason only, because he is a um, a convicted felon. And, you know. That's the reason, I mean, that's the reason why he shouldn't have a, a show. He's a convicted felon for gambling and, for, yes, for taking other people's money. And I believe he's been fined and, and there's been restitution and he's either has paid it all back or is obligated to pay it all back. Um, I mean, look, the guy messed up. He was convicted. He went to jail. Um, he is saddled with the, with the um, title of convicted felon. But what, he shouldn't be able to work again? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's 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 just stupid, and it's not the way it's supposed to work. Yes, there are certain things that once you become a convicted felon, you can no longer do. It used to be like voting, but I think here in New York they've they've changed that. Um, getting a gun permit, you know, getting certain jobs, getting bonded. There's a lot of things you can't do as a convicted felon. But talking about sports on the radio or TV is actually something you can do as a convicted felon. So I don't uh, think that anyone should be criticizing Craig Carton 
because after he, you know, got over his, well, you're always recovering from your addiction, but his jail time and got on his feet and dusted himself off and, and got back into the industry, which he dominated, dominated when he was with Boomer, um, and got himself a TV show. Good for him. Good for Craig Carton. And, you know, he's an example. Everyone makes mistakes. And, and a lot more people make mistakes than get caught making mistakes. Um, but the people who get caught making mistakes or do things wrong, intentionally wrong, knowing that they're wrong, um, you know, and, and then they pay their debt to society. We shouldn't be telling them that, you know, I mean, unless they're committing, they committed horrible, horrible crimes. But look, this was a money crime and, and it was based off of his addiction. It wasn't really, it wasn't based off of greed. It was great based off of, you know, something that um, obviously he couldn't control. And that's what addiction is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, I don't think that, that people should be criticizing the guy uh, for getting back on his feet and, and thriving. To the contrary, he should be looked at as a role model. It's like, look, if if you do get caught doing something horrible, get back on your feet and go and 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 make the best of life. The sentencing that I just did, what I guess is about two weeks ago now, the lawyer, after the judge um, sentenced her, the female judge said to the female defendant, look, you know, the sentencing phase is over. I'm just talking to you now, person to person. You know, she didn't sentence her to an extraordinary amount of time in jail. She's like, you're going to get through this, and I want you to promise me that you're going to keep doing good things and keep your faith and, you know, when this is over, you know, use it as a life lesson to strive in the future, which is what Craig Carton did. And good for him. And I hope he has a very successful show. Can I Another- add to that? I want to add to that. Go ahead. So you had asked, he was sentenced to three and a half years in prison, served 12 months. But Arthur, he also hosts a podcast and public service show called Hello, My Name is Craig, which attempts to help listeners with gambling addiction. So there he is go. using it for good, just like what you just said. It's like you, you couldn't have... Like, you couldn't have planned that for him any better. There you go. All right, Craig, go get him, buddy. Um, in terms of my alma mater, CUNY Law School, the fact that the graduate, uh, or now the graduate, Fatima Muhammad, uh, made those remarks at graduation. You know, you could say, well, you know, she should have thought better of it, et cetera. She could have worded things differently or the messaging could have been differently. Not according to her. She made her first public uh, statements to the Jewish currents that she has no regrets uh, about her speech. As a matter of fact, she said she would have said it louder. Um, And just to refresh her recollection, she said that Israel indiscriminately murders Palestinians and she called the NYPD fascists. Um, So I don't know what she's thinking. But here's her exact quote. I would not change a single word of my speech, and I would say it louder, she dis- she declared this past week. Um, As a student organizer, I understand that there are powers that dedicate time, energy, and resources into stifling student activism on campus because of how powerful it is. Students have historically led revolutions, she told the outlet. Listen to me. Youth sometimes, uh, you know, creates stupidity. And I think... You know, there's time for debate about certain issues, but there's not, I don't have a lot of tolerance. I mean, look, she could say what she wanted, it's free speech, um, but you're allowed to say a lot of stupid things as well. All right, I am really excited for our next guest, so don't go anywhere. You are about to hear from, from a great, great person. You got me begging you for mercy. 
This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. What did Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Loretta Lynch, and James Comey know about Russia collusion, and when did they know it? John Durham dropped a bombshell in his testimony to the House Oversight Committee. In his report, the special counsel had already revealed that these four and others had been briefed in August 2016 that the Russia collusion allegation was nothing more than a political attack from Hillary Clinton. Durham testified that the briefing had included a referral memorandum that Comey received. However, Durham discovered that FBI agents assigned to the investigation were never informed of Brennan's briefing or the political context of the Steele dossier. In essence, Comey obstructed the FBI's own investigation and contributed to the false representations to the FISA court. Comey isn't the only one that covered it up. Obama, Biden, and Lynch all contributed to the Russia hysteria that followed, both before and after the election, while knowing full well that it was nothing but a dirty political trick. That certainly smells like, well, collusion. So let's talk about my friends at Bay Ridge Honda, the Sabah family, a wonderful, wonderful role model family. Um, They have been running Bay Ridge Honda for decades and decades and decades. Right there on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Or you can visit their inventory at BayRidgeHonda.com. And right now, they're going to give you a 1000 bucks, a grand. That's what they're going to get you when you trade in or your car or your lease or your leased car and you buy a car from Bay Ridge Honda. They're going to take a 1000 bucks right off the top right there and then. They have over 150 new Honda vehicles, over 80 certified pre-owned vehicles, all backed by the Honda True program at their award-winning 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, there's 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select Honda models this entire month. On top of the 0% APR, you get the $1,000 back. Come on, are you kidding me? And even if you don't buy a car from them, they'll buy your car from you. So visit Bay Ridge Honda at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. And go in and say hello to the Sabah family. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Ends the end of this month. Save the Storks is an astounding organization. You talk about a ministry that's truly doing God's work, saving lives, because Save the Storks has been creating baby-saving medical vehicles called Stork Buses for over a decade. What's a Stork Bus? These are state-of-the-art mobile medical clinics. On board a Stork Bus, a woman can receive a pregnancy test, an ultrasound, prenatal care, resources, and so much more. Every Stork Bus is designed to meet the needs of women where they are in their pregnancy, and help protect the sanctity of life. Your compassion can help these women today. I'm a monthly Save the Storks donor. I want you to be one too. I'm asking you to sign up and become a Save the Storks monthly partner. Your gift of just $35 a month will ensure that more women who are in an unplanned pregnancy are made aware of the choice for life for their babies and themselves. Donate now. Savethestorks.org slash Mike G. Savethestorks.org slash Mike G. Savethestorks.org slash Mike G. So planning for the future is important. We all know that. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, living wills, estate plannings. The goal of Connors and Sullivan is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. Visit them for a no-obligation 
free consultation. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call them at 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is... Not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. talk about who's on fire our next guest i mean he is on fire on a level that new york talk radio hasn't heard since the likes of barry farber barry gray bob grant long john neville uh he is from that ilk maybe you'll throw in a little joe franklin in there uh everyone in the world of talk radio is talking about him not just in new york nationally this person that you're about to hear, you're going to be blessed to hear, is uh, he's broadcast all the way in Alaska, uh, Nolens, uh, Nevada, some other places on the East Coast, I don't know, St. Louis. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. And uh, I get to enjoy him, especially when I'm in Europe, because he's the morning show uh, in Europe. Because here in, uh, in America, he is the overnight sensation, the one the only Frank Morano. Well, you forgot. Thank you for that generous, very kind introduction. You forgot to mention my newfound and latest uh, claim to fame, which will probably be the lead item in my obituary, which is I had the uh, pleasure of introducing the one and only Rapid Pulse last night at their uh, at their tour kickoff or reunion tour or whatever last night was, which was a great honor. And thank you for that opportunity. My well, friend. it was it was our honor to have you introduce us. Um, I, so, Mr. Morano, I haven't really spoken much about the the scene last night. Can you just take a moment to just using your theater of the mind skills to create the scene for the listeners who have heard about this gig for a week now? Right. Well, it was a lot of fun, right? It was an incredibly diverse group of people in the in the room, right? So you look at uh, in one direction, you see a judge. In another direction, you see a former mayor. Another direction, you see a lawyer. Another direction, you see a criminal. You, you look at another direction, and that's a person that wasn't even invited but was brought here by someone. And then the one thing they all had in common is uh, they're all lined up at some point to get a drink at the bar. And I'll tell you, I've never seen such a, a look of relief on the eyes of so many different people as to when it was announced that they were bringing in an additional bartender to ease <laughs> the, uh, the line I, at, the, uh, at the bar. I, I but, do um, agree. It was a wonderful crowd, a wonderful crowd, great food and uh, a great place. And uh, honestly, the, um, the music that you guys performed was phenomenal. And my favorite of uh, the ones I heard last night was the song about radio, obviously, because of my fondness for the medium. But uh, the energy, not only from you, but from the crowd, was uh, very palpable. 
and uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was a really uh, one of those. Uh, well, thank you for uh, not only summer. attending, but you brought some of your your groupies as well. I, there was Lauren Conlon sighting. There was a Zen sighting. Uh, so I, I appreciate. Uh, Big you Nick know, was there. I even in. I didn't even invite Zen. I thought you invited her. I mean, well, I did but, invite uh, them, but they—they, they, you know, they, yeah. the next question after I invite them is Morano. Oh, Marlena Shrivo was there. Once I, you know, can you come? They're like, well, only if Morano's going to be there. I mean, you're, you know, yeah, you're, I'm, you are uh, the straw please. that stirs the drink. So I'm sure, I'm sure. And so I, I, had, I had scripted you a very kind of a thumbnail sketch of introducing us, but uh, you went a little off. You went a little off script. And- <laughs> You created yeah, the only criticism of the night so far that I've heard is that my uh, my comments introducing you should have been 30 to 40 seconds. And instead, it was five and a half minutes. But uh, whatever. You got to know when you're tra- when you're asking someone who's trained to fill four hours every day and you have to take a two minute story and make it into 20 minutes. You, you have to know that that's what you're getting. So uh, buyer beware. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I found parts of it quite comical. Um so let's just talk about what you just said, Frank Morano. How do you make a two-minute story into 20 minutes and, and how to fill four hours? How does a an overnight host – and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, everyone knows that you and I are friends. I'm not exaggerating about the success of your show and how it's being broadcast now really all over the United States of America. Um, how do you prepare for your four-hour show? Well, you know, that's a great question, and uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. But it, one, By the way, it is still uh, yeah. Friday. It's, it is Friday, so I'm going by the rules. I can ask you anything. <laughs> so um, uh, so it, I go with a 14-item checklist of things that I need to get done in any given show, right? So I will um, – one, I am going through the news, and going, and I'm constantly making a list of any potential talk topics. Right now I'm uh, – outside with my neighbors, and if one of them says something interesting, which they frequently do, I'll write down stuff that... Uh, that now, I where, where are you writing this down? Is this a phone writing down thing? Are you carrying a pen and a pad? I have both, right? So I do have a pen and a pad, but I always have a notes app uh, open on my uh, phone to be able to jot something down if I don't have the pen and the pad on me at that given moment. So, uh, you know, you're always making a list of talk topics, And then you think, who might be worth hearing in terms of a guest on any given show? So I'll make a list of guests to reach out to on any given program. And then and then um, I will reach out to them. And then um, obviously the the bumper music selection is big. The, uh, you know, now do you choose do you choose your bumper music? Yeah, I try, but uh, it takes us a little time to get the rights to it. So uh so sometimes it takes me uh, a day or two to. So you, you, know, don't you don't have the likes of a Sambolino. You don't have the likes of a Sambolino in charge no. It, yeah, no, and uh, I was really I was happy to see Sambolino yesterday, but even happier to get that T-shirt of uh, yes. you with that photograph that I helped design, saying uh, I don't care about Sambolino. One of your favorite quotes. Now, do you realize if I called your show with the shoddy connection that you have right now, you would take my head off? Uh, but I, you know, I you're, know I was on a, I, I, nobody said anything to me when I well, was. Well, uh, you know, usually you're Mister. Can you call on a landline? That's always your first question. Then, could you use the Opal app? I mean, don't you have a Comrex at home? Could you just like piped right in, like live, like the old? No, the old... I had anybody. I don't have Comrex, but I do have a. Uh... Another another device uh, that I that I could have connected on had anybody told me my connection wasn't stellar I absolutely would have. Oh, oh, stellar even so okay I have a few more questions for you since it's Friday and I, I'm allowed to ask you anything. 
by the way, for those of you who don't know, on every Friday morning, which is 1 a.m. going into the new day of Friday, Frank has a very popular segment uh, called Ask Frank Anything. Um, can you name every grammar school teacher that you had? Yes. From kindergarten to sixth grade or fifth grade or whatever yes. you did? Okay. So, uh, Ms. Tabula, Ms. Coyle, Mrs. Cass, Mr. Zadek, Mr. Zinn. I didn't, Mr. I didn't ask you to name him. I trust you. I didn't ask you, you don't have to name him. I mean, this is not a, like a te- integrity test. I'm just, if you say yes, I believe you. Um, how do you, there must be times when, yeah, look, you have a little boy who's four days, five days younger than uh, my daughter, so I know exactly what that's like. Um, there has to be times when you have like bouts of exhaustion or even dread uh, to go in and, and have to soldier through four hours in the middle of the night. Uh, are there any Frank Morano secrets of how you, you soldier through those, those difficult times where there's mental or physical or both fatigue? Yeah, it's such a good question. So I never have moments of dread, right? There are moments of exhaustion, but I'm sure you can relate to this, both when you're, um, you know, talking to a judge or a jury in a courtroom or going on the radio or even performing on stage uh, because you know what it's like to be a rock star. No matter how tired you are, the moment that you uh, go to the microphone and the program starts, you get such a shot of adrenaline that really kind of refocuses you and uh, makes you forget about how tired you were two minutes ago. Um, but if that doesn't work, you also think about that little boy that you mentioned and realize that uh, – you have a mortgage to pay, and uh, if um, you know you're not doing the best possible show that you can do at any given moment, he and uh, your wife and yourself could all be homeless if it doesn't go if it doesn't go too well. So uh, it's um, honestly, though, it's really what I would be doing for fun. Right. So, I mean, I'd be talking to people and hanging out and uh, making interesting observations and making jokes and asking people about politics or aliens or whatever the case may be um, just on my regular weekends. So the fact that actually I get to do that for a living is, you know, just an extraordinary honor, an extraordinary treat. And it's uh, it's not lost on me in any given day. And um, are there times, you know, you talked about preparing and 14 things on your checklist. Are there times where, you know, life gets a little away from you and you don't have the opportunity to do that and you kind of have to go in and just, I'm not going to use the term wing it, but just kind of maybe do things a little more off the top of your head and be a little more creative? Yeah, absolutely. And some days that's very easy, right? If it's a day that uh, there's a presidential election or there's a, a missing submarine, you can absolutely pull that off. If there are days when uh, it's not obvious what the public is interested in talking about, that can be uh, much more of a a, a challenge. But, you know, usually you can get away with that for one show, but to do it for consecutive shows gets to be gets to be a bit much. Now, is it so let's just say let's reflect on that particular day we're just talking about where. There's nothing obvious, and, and Carmine's been running around, and Rachel's working hard, and you know, you're you handling a lot of things all at once. Is there ever a time like it's a you're going to start the 3 a.m. hour, and you're like, I don't know what to talk Like, what should I talk about now? And there's like a, a little little tinge of terror as your producer says 10 seconds. Well, uh, I'll be honest. I always have such a um, – and I learned – is- Sam Bolino, can you believe how insulting he is with this connection? 
Do you understand what he would do yeah. to us if we called in with this shoddy, cut up? I mean, a man of his caliber. You know, first of all, he's one of these like Google Pixel phone guys. He boycotts the Apple phone, right? And and then he lives in the boondocks. So and God forbid he picks up a landline and calls, gives us a buzz. I, but I, I get it. Well, I'm not they, worthy these yet. Have my land, these guys have my landline number, but they called me on my mobile phone. I had repeatedly asked what phone number should I call into, and I was never given that phone number. But okay, so we'll um, blame it on my staff. Yeah, yeah. I, well, believe me, no, I am. But um, <laughs> hold on a second here. You did not say to call your landline. Well, uh, no, I asked what the phone number was, and I never got a phone number. Oh, because we then, were going to call you. I okay. see. I, I, well, we don't, we I, don't, I, have, I, we don't have to go down this, this rabbit hole. It, <laughs> it, it did go. It, it is getting a little bit better. Um, so what were you about to say, though? You, you don't have that tinge of fear because, what, you always have in your phone well, a yeah, list you, of topics? Yeah, I, right, exactly. Uh, you know, right now, yeah, there are 80 subjects that I could uh, that I could talk about even if there's nothing new to add to the kind of the reservoir of, uh, of content, you know, there's always, there's always something next, right? I mean, um, so I always have this list of sort of evergreen subjects that you could always bring up, or at least recent subjects that you could always bring up. Okay. Now I have another ask Frank anything question. Sure. Have you read any book more than once? Um, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, I've read, uh, Strunk and White's Elements of Style more than once. And, uh, I've read, uh, a really Holy wonderful Moses, book. Moses, are you kidding me? <laughs> read, uh, Wait, you got to uh, tell, you have to tell people what, what that book is. It's like it's a textbook. A book. Yeah, it's like yeah, a textbook no, it's, almost. It's a pamphlet. It's a little blue, but it's a pamphlet. You could read it in a day. It's um, but it, it, the tips that it gives for using language and writing in that book um, really serve you so well in so many different instances that it's really uh, it's really great. And uh, I I should go back and read it again. So I've read that book more than once. I, I've read uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People more than once. I've read um, a really great book by. Uh, uh, the author unfortunately passed away, but he was a great copy editor. The name escapes me at the moment, but the book is called uh, Yes, I Could Care Less, How to Be a Language Snob Without Being a Jerk uh, More Than Once. That is, even though it's a nonfiction book, one of the funniest books I've ever read. And uh, the only novel I think I've read more than once is uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is uh, to this day probably the funniest book I've ever read in novel form. Bill okay. Walsh, by the way, who wrote that book. Bill right? Walsh, that's it, right? Yeah, there I'm, you go, Sambolino chiming in. Uh, now you are your depth of knowledge for people who have yet to experience uh, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano, which you you're missing out on some great stuff if you're not listening to that show. It's hard to keep up. Like if I was going to listen to every minute of it, like continuously through the podcast and all, I probably would be in like last august or october because it's it's 20 hours a week it's no joke um yeah no it's cost a lot of people their jobs their families because they yeah, get it's, so it's into addiction um, to listen addiction. to 20 hours a week so um yeah, but you your, your depth of knowledge on on so many various topics is just beyond impressive either that or you type really quick into google and get the answers <laughs> very quickly but we don't yeah, know us, us listeners don't know so you're the kind of guy who I could see like being on uh, Jeopardy, and like like Imran would like to be. He actually took the test. Um, 
But what areas of knowledge would you say you're the weakest on? Like what what subject matters would you really not want to see pop up in Jeopardy? You know, I'm not great with science questions uh, or science clues. Interesting. You do all that astronomy stuff all night long. Yeah, I know, but there's a lot more to it. There's, uh, there's, you know, biological questions. There's, uh, there's chemistry questions. You know, the space questions I, I do okay with, but the, the, you know, the questions related to the, um, you know, geology, chemistry, biology. Th- those are a little bit more of, uh, those are a little bit more of a struggle. And um, you know, things like English literature, I'm probably not great in. Uh, I'd like to be better in uh, in that. So, I mean, those are and and honestly, anything related to math, uh, I'm not great in. My strongest uh, my strongest areas are you know related to presidential trivia, um, third party American political history, and uh, things like pop culture, movies. Obviously, if there's a Godfather category, forget about it. All the other candidates could just go home right then. There you go. And you're pretty good with cocktails. I, well, I'd like to think of it not as good as Padre Lou, but uh, <laughs> I can I can hold my own. All right, uh, this is the last question because I know Sam Bellino wants me to go read some commercials. But uh, what movie have you seen the most times? Mm. It's such a good question. It's one of four, and I don't know that I can I can pick. It's either 1776. Star Wars, uh, The Godfather, or Citizen Kane. It's one of those four. Okay. Um, I, 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 I think I, I know every word in all four of those films. It's probably The Godfather, but it might be. It could be any one of those four. Well, I am. I got a little news for you that I don't know if you realize it or not. Probably not. It's still a little early yet. That answer is going to change uh, about four years from now because it's either going to be Cars Cars 2, Toy Story, because th- no, that's, that is now what it is for me, especially between Luca and Arthur. Um, both of them love the Cars franchise, and I actually, you know, I'm a car guy. So, I mean, I, don't, I, I lost count. I mean, it's, it's beyond counting how many times I've seen those two movies uh, hand in hand. So life does change. What is the biggest lesson you've learned so far in the 19 months of having Carmine in your life? Well, the biggest lesson I've learned, um, that's a good question. I would say that um, I, I think it's a, a combination of um, patience and, um, and calmness, right? You, you, can't, you have to be patient with... Um, with with everything, right? You, you can't lose your temper or get frustrated when uh, when you know he poops in the tub or um, you know goes in, goes into a fit because a ceiling fan is not on in a room. Uh, but you also can't um, you can't overreact when he falls or um, you know he he you know spills something all over the place. I would say it's that. It's I, I'd say a combination of. Uh, of patience and calmness. Okay. I have to pick. As Sam Bellino blows, blows up my phone, telling me I have to break one quick one. Geraldo Rivera is no longer on the five. He says on June the 30th, he is going to announce what his next plans are. I will admit, I do not know what they are. Um, uh-huh. If you were counseling Geraldo Rivera, who will be 80 years old on July 4th, he's an American treasure, according to me. Um, what would you tell Geraldo to do at 80 years old? 
Well, Geraldo has been uh, just such a master and so successful at anything he's ever done. But what I'd love to see him do, and what I think might be a new challenge for him, and really maybe the only aspect of his life that he hasn't yet conquered, I would love to see him run for U.S. Senate from Ohio against Gerard Brown. I think he'd be the um, Republicans' best chance at uh, actually winning that seat and uh, turning a, the really the only guy that seems to the only Democrat that seems to be able to win in Ohio and turning that seat into a red one. And he might be the uh, Republicans' best chance at keeping a majority in the Senate. He would have uh, probably a little bit of a hard time in the primary, but I think he could win it based on his name recognition and his intellect. And uh, I think uh, that would be really uh, a nationwide race. Actually, I think it would get international attention. Well, I am going to ask Sam Bellino to clip, cut this little clip out, and we will forward that on to Mr. Rivera with your permission, Mr. Morano. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to see it and uh, count me among his first uh, volunteers and contributors. All right. There we go, folks. The other side of midnight, Frank Morano on the overnight. Uh, he's uh, been a tremendous friend to me for just short of a decade. Uh, he is someone who is a, who's a true friend to those who are in his orbit. His front door is always open. I am confident there are libations flowing on the island of Staten right now, somewhere around his house, possibly some cigar smoke wafting around, and uh, just a, a, a real talent and a treasure to have him on the airwaves here uh, Monday through Friday uh, in the overnight. So, Frank Morano, thank you for finding the time to spend with us tonight. All right, my brother, I love you, and uh, I am obviously a big fan of, of your whole staff, even though we didn't you know, have a better conversation about the landline issue. Uh, Joan, Matt, and Alex all do a, uh, a great job. It was great to see all of them yesterday. And uh, honestly, you were terrific yesterday. Thank you for letting me be such a big part of such a historic performance. All right, we love it. Frank Morano, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Want more AM 970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM 970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM 970 The Answer. I've been talking about Plaza College and their court reporting program for, oh, almost a year now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I want to say congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students and 18 successfully completed. What a spectacular accomplishment. Congratulations. 
Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. For additional information regarding the program I mentioned, or Plaza's other areas of studies, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. So last time we spoke on Wednesday, we had Jason from Hempleaf right there in the studio showing us all of his spectacular products. And, you know, he had this elixir. Uh, and I will tell you, um, and Sam Molino and Joni, I'll tell you guys this as well. You know, I, you remember he said, like, put a little on the on my pillow or something like that? Well, actually, Sam Molino, you weren't around, I don't think, on Wednesday. Yeah, you were, you were supposed to drop it a little to make yourself yeah. sleep better. So uh, what I did was I... Um, I actually put it on my T-shirt that I was sleeping in. I put like one or two drops on my T-shirt, and it was right. He was right. It like it had this really beautiful smell that was like relaxing. It's like the kind That's of smell good to you, know. You would smell like if you go to like one of those spas where they're playing the spa music, and yeah, it was really, 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 really great. Um, and I, it will be part another part of my my daily routine. Obviously, you guys know I, as I did last night before I. Went on, I used their shea butter and their whip butter and, and then put it all on my face and my bald head. I basically sweated it all out in seven minutes being on stage. <laughs> um, but, you know, hemp leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils, and they bring you comfort and relief, hence hemp leaf. And I think they are really the present big thing in body care. They take care of their package, takes care of your whole body between the whip butters their liquid black soap for the shower um this elixir that i'm talking about the heel elixir that's for the ladies for their feet for neuropathy the icy pot which is the muscle rub really all their products are fantastic they're vegan friendly they're cruelty free they're made right here in long island new york so you should visit them at www.hempleaf.com that's www.hemplief.com mention the name arthur at checkout and receive 10 percent off Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? Term Busters, a Christian-owned company, can help. There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, $1 million of coverage, $75 per month level rate for 10 years. Or a man age 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right. Guaranteed. 
guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-558-9940. Remember, 800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for Term Busters, Christian-owned and operated, is 800-558-9940. My friend Joe Piscopo, I should say our friend Joe Piscopo, has teamed up with the Steve Perillo and Perillo Tours to create a special offer to our AM970 family, a special Perillo Tour with Joe Piscopo in attendance. Three nights in Rome, seeing the important sites like the Vatican, the Colosseum, the Forum, as well as a special dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Then you fly to Sicily and spend three nights in Tarumina, visiting the towns of Forza de Agro, Savoca. You'll see the famous Bar Vitelli, where Michael Corleone asked Capolonia's father for a hand in marriage in the movie The Godfather. Enjoy a once-in-a-lifetime wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three nights before flying home. Rome and Sicily, what a great customized trip. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. And remember, folks, the Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. So call today, 1-800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM970, The Answer. <laughs> This would be The Reflex by Duran Duran because today in 1984, Duran Duran started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with this song, the group's first U.S. number one, taken from their third album, Seven and the Ragged Tiger. All right, well, I'm going to say I was not thinking of Duran Duran last night when I jumped on stage. I was thinking of um, two people, Bruce Springsteen and Mick Jagger, because they are literally amongst the two uh, greatest onstage performers, front men that I know, that I've seen, I should say. Um, Though Paul McCartney did a heck of a job, but again, I saw him at 80. I saw, I guess... uh, Jagger, probably the first time I saw him, he was my he was my age now. Uh, maybe a little younger, maybe he was fifty. Um, but um, taking a point of personal privilege here, last night was. Wait, hold on, let me do this real quick. Boom, 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 boom. Where are you, Joan? Here you are. Let me bang out a Padres libation because he was there front and center last night. Here we go. Summer has arrived. So if you wish to thrive, have a Padre lose libation, and you'll survive. In your ice-filled shaker, pour one ounce of gin, one ounce of green chartreuse, one ounce of maraschino liqueur, maraschino liqueur, and one ounce of lime juice. Okay, so we're doing gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. Shake and strain into your pre-chilled cocktail glass. Add a fresh cherry for garnish. That's nice. They are in season now. Don't forget it has a pit. Sip, savor, and swallow. Enjoy your Padre Luz early summer cocktail while imagining a sun-filled day. So an ounce of gin, an ounce of green chartreuse, an ounce of maraschino liqueur, and an ounce of lime juice. 
Shake it all up, make it cold, and put it in a martini glass and sip away. Um, happy summer. So Wednesday night, I went with Luca to the Yankee game, which I believe Joan told us 8.31 the sunset was, which is the latest. <clears throat> that's the latest of the uh, the year. And uh, so it was the longest night of the year. Last night was the second longest night of the year. But we were inside, so we didn't see the sunset. Um, when we got to the Iridium, the people there could not have been nicer. The help, the, the people who run the place, Olivia in particular, was great. Um, but she told me, she told me she goes, our air conditioning system isn't great. And you're going to have like 200 people in here. She's like, it's going to be hot. Like, is there anything we could do about it? She's like, no, I'll make it as cold as I can now, but it's going to be hot. And yes, it was hot. I didn't feel hot. I never felt hot. Even though, according to my bassist, Chris Glenn, he said it looked like there was a lawn sprinkler in the back of my head <laughs> because there was so much well, sweat. You, you just... started your set with a hat on, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well that you was just started your set with a jacket, and you changed, like, twice, didn't you? Well, at one point, I took off the jacket. Well, at one point, I took off the hat. Then another after two songs, and I put up, took off the jacket. Then after two songs, I took off the tie, and then uh, and unbuttoned my top button on my shirt. And then the last song, um, I took off my button-down shirt and wore underneath it a T-shirt that was made, I think, in 1984 or 85 um, by Chris Glynn, our bassist, my best but my best friend, who um, from childhood, who made them in a silk screening in his high school art and design. And um, uh, the fact that it still fits me uh, almost 40 years later is a, I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. A big shout out um, to Poly Preps class of 85 and some from 84 or class of 84 as well. Um, there was a big turnout from my high school. I had their friends there from my law school, from college, um, the DA's office. It was really. Didn't you have poly prep people flying in for this? Yeah, well, well like Mark, from Mark, all over. Mark Green was actually at, he was at a working event in England, and yes, he cut his shit trip short um, to come to um, to come to the event, and and it was well worth it. In other words, the the turnout. I would have felt bad if he flew in and there were like three people there, but there weren't. I mean, our whole class was ninety people, and I think. We had 20-something people there, maybe 20 from our class. It was which is such a, an eclectic room, but it was so great how everyone got along and danced. There was, well, there was a lot of love in the room. I mean, the one thing that Marano mentioned was I told them from the beginning, like weeks ago, I'm like, I need two bars and I need two bartenders at each bar. They gave me the two bars and they had one bartender at each bar. And one of the bars was just beer, wine, and... I think it was just beer and wine. Yeah, just beer and wine. Right. So uh, there was definitely, but then Olivia, who's the manager, she actually got behind the bar and started bartending as well. I think overall, besides the line for the for the drinks, I think overall things went pretty well. Did. I didn't have a morsel of food. Not, um, nor did I. You you were just on fire though. You didn't need food. Well, I, I but I also heard the food was very good, uh, and it was abundant. I mean, I just saw there was a lot of food around. So I was very happy to to see that because in the past things uh, there were there wasn't enough food and when there's not enough food and there's too much booze that could get a little crazy as well. So I just want to thank everyone at, at the Iridium and um, I mean I will confess it was um, a very 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 special night. It's um, we did this in December and we just did it again. You know I'm not sure if, if I'm going to do it again. It's um, no 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 no. It's a you, lot you of work. No, 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 and no, no. You got to do it again. I also got to say it was very cool right when you walked in. 
you see the photo of you in a rapid pulse right outside on the door. I mean, we're on Broadway. You're next to Broadway theaters, and there's your photo with Imran and and your crew. And I just thought it was like, I was like, wow, this is a legitimate gig. This no, is big. Really, it was, and it felt like we were back in the '80s. And you didn't you do your CBGB gig? Didn't didn't Morano say that on stage in yeah. 1984? Yeah, the year that Duran Duran's the reflex came out. How ironic <laughs> yes. is that? I was, um, it may have even been late 83. I, I think I was 15. when the, every Because I'm the youngest guy in the band by far. Uh, Boyle, Munch, their birthday's in April, and then Glenn's birthday's in July. So from July until December, I'm, you know, I'm, I, they're all 16 and I'm 15. But I, we may have been, I mean, the rules and the laws were just so different then that, yeah, it, the, like you had three 16-year-olds and a 15-year-old playing in CBGBs, and that neighborhood was not good. Well, people but, you know, did have, that in those days, right? I like, know, exactly. Yeah. To have my ideas. parents there last night who I read, I think they were, you know, they were at so many of our gigs back in the 80s. I mean, we played all the time in the 80s. That's, and I will tell you this, the reason why I never really got in serious trouble, and I never did really? as a kid, was because... We were so focused on the band. Um, we would practice, like, you know, if, if I didn't have practice for school to do something, whether it was being in the plays or being lacrosse practice, I was doing band practice. So I was always active doing – I never had time to get in trouble, and I really credit the band and the guys in the band and, and uh, for doing that. And listen, they – when you share that, you know, I, I said to Imran, who obviously is the newest member by far, I said, you know – Imran, you and I, before we went out, I said, you know, we're about to share something that's very unique. Because when you're up there, there's a bond that's taking place. You're on a team, and, you know, each member of the team is so critical. I mean, Cliff's guitar solos were off the charts. Doug's rhythm guitar, like, really adds a lot of depth to the sound. Obviously, Imran's saxophone. Kenny Munch's drumming is on another level. Glenn, with the bass guitar, holds the whole thing together. Like, if he loses beat or he loses, we're all done. And Chris Boyle is the guy who, you know, he keeps the whole band together. He's kept all the lyric sheets and all the music, and we rehearse in his basement. And he's basically the conductor of the orchestra. And I'm just out there just trying to make everyone have fun and feel the energy. And and there was one point when I was singing the song, Say You Love Me. And it goes, Say You Love Me, Only Me. Say You Love Me, Only Me. And I had, I went into the audience, and so many of you guys surrounded me. And you were, um, <clears throat> and you guys, like, I we put the microphone on, like, say you love me. And they, and everyone sang back, say you love me. It was, for me, that was the highlight of the night. I'm like, look at all these people. This is a song I sang in high school. I sang this song that we wrote in, in 1984. And I sang it in high school to these same people. And here they are, my classmates from high school, singing the same song and dancing to the same song we danced to almost 40 years ago. You know, it's it was with it was your a really son special in the audience too. No right, with Luca right? there, like, with it Luca was, dancing, he was dancing like a maniac. It was really, it was really a special night. Sam Molino DJing was was off the charts. Oh, Andy Gladding is is just a class A individual. He recorded the whole things. He's already sending me some tunes out there. Joan, you were running around with your Rolling Stone shirt. You were you were <laughs> helping organize your brother in law and your nieces and nephews taking amazing photos, which I'm going to start posting. Okay, I don't even have those. So. I'm sending them to you in a link. So thank you for everyone for tolerating me talking about this uh, the last week or so. And um, we got a great lineup for you next week. We're going to have some, some really great shows. I am, I am not as booked as I was this past week. 
So I'll have more time to do the Frank Morano 14-item checklist, although he does a four-hour show, so maybe I only need like a five-item checklist. Have a great, great weekend, everyone. Enjoy your family. Enjoy life. Go to church. Do something holistic and spiritual. Have a great one. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.